start the recording. We are live. Let's go ahead and dive in. There we go. Thank you so much. Okay. Good evening, everyone. I am Nika Shirell, and this is the It Cast. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, also, if you like the work that we're doing out here in the world, please go visit our GoFundMe campaign to support the ITCAST and all of the work that we do at Nika Shirelle's in this global movement for health and sexuality. This week's topic is Real Talk on Safe Sex Toys, and we are doing this to kick off Women's History Month. That's right, it's March, Women's History Month. Women are important, valid, valuable members of society, and we're bringing you this wonderful educational talk to, uh, to provide safety and education around tools that we might use every day. <laughs> so <laughs> today in the booth, we have our community correspondent, Kim, also known as Kimberlicious. Hi, Kim. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to have you with us tonight. So, uh, so we're going to go ahead and talk about safe sex toys. Um, let's, uh, let's see. So, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Why safe sex toys? How do you define that? That's a really great question. So defining safe sex toys are toys that like, for me, that's toys that don't interfere with your body's ecosystem or provide any type of harm. So like, there's so many different things inside of sex toys, you'd be surprised. It's a completely unregulated industry and yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Ew. <laughs> sometimes ah! we don't know what we're putting in our bodies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what are you talking about? Like the products that they're made of and okay. Yeah. And how it affects our pH balance and our, all of that. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so one of the things, and, uh, and I guess we'll start off by talking about like rubber sex toys. So sex toys that are like flexible and bendy, um, those sorts of things. There's a number of materials out there that are rubber or flesh-like and they can, basically the toys can be made of things like urethane, PVC. They can be made of like, you know, plumbing materials, whatever. <laughs> plastics and a lot of these materials actually do what's called off-gassing so um oh my god I was so sad I thought I had gone through all of my toys and like gotten rid of like the cheapy stuff that I bought in the early days and I stumbled across one of my favorite toys I like pulled it out of its little bag that I keep it in and it just hit me this like 
new car smell. And I was like, oh, not this one too. Oh yeah. That new car smell, like we love- that's, Those are the chemicals. Those, that's the off gas. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, it feels good to like get into a new car and like, you know, like, you know, that smell can smell nice, but not in your body. That's not what you want. So like, those are the kinds of things that can cause yeast infections, bacterial infections, um, throw off your pH balance, all kinds. And I know when I was younger, like I used to just want to buy the cheapest thing. Like what was the most affordable? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're all relatively the same, same shape and size, right? Yeah. <laughs> How cheap can I get out the door? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so have you had that experience in any of your toys? Like just noticing that like this thing smells kind of industrial? Yes. Now I'm throwing them away and buying yours. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is fantastic. So that actually, well, brings, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, but you know what, Nika? So um, I'm in real estate. So when there's a new ha- home that's built, there's all the new um, everything in the house and it's off gassing. So people who are sensitive to that, I have to explain to them, it's the chemical makeup of this, that, and the other. It's off gassing. It'll go away soon, but it still doesn't make it safe, especially if we're talking about vibrators and you're going to put it inside your body. Right. That's, yeah. The great thing, you know, comparing this to houses, so like they have like low and no VOC paints right now. So it's like the kind you can like paint a nursery with and they're not going to make you get a headache and things like that. Well, the part about sex toys is that off gas thing doesn't actually stop. It's not a thin layer of rubber where it goes away, it's dense. And so like it continues to off gas for years. Yeah, right? That's that's terrible. So is is this industry just not regulated? No, no, it's not regulated. So one of the things you'll see when you go and purchase a toy, if it has for novelty use only on there, that's like the disclaimer of we can kind of do like put in this what we want. And anytime you buy a toy that has that little note, <laughs> you're probably buying something toxic. Okay, good to, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> for novelty use only, we don't want that. So what, what is a safe sex toy? So what is the product made of? What, what can we look for? Absolutely. So you want to look for products that are hypoallergenic, uh, non-porous, and what it's called phthalate free. Phthalate is the toxin, the name of the toxins that are being off-gassed. So um, medical grade silicone is like top of the line for flexible rubber toys. And they come in varying densities, varying softnesses. You want to avoid jellies. You want to avoid, you know, like the material where it's like, this is our proprietary concoction. Um, And really like, I I highly recommend sticking to silicone. Also glass toys are really great. Um, They don't bend, Nika. They don't. (laughs) You're moving away from the flexibles. (laughs) 
my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, if you, if you are into something that's a little bit firmer, uh, toys that are made of glass or surgical grade or stainless steel, those are going to be really, really helpful. They can reach those really great, like hard to reach spaces, put a little extra pressure on it. And they're not going to absorb any of your own body chemistry or any of the stuff in their environment. You want to avoid things that are made of like wood or super yeah they exist they exist (laughs) i thought i knew everything oh my god (laughs) they can be they can be sexy and they can be fun and intriguing but you want to make sure that it's not something that's going to soak up your your juices or um, have chemicals that are gonna like rub off into your system. And so you think about it, like how would you finish wood if you want it to be safe for use? You'd cover it in something you don't really want. In and chemicals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh goodness, okay. What else, what else do we have? Oh, you've got the list. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Okay, well, uh... Well, I just want to touch on this for a second because, you know, women's bodies are so sensitive and our, um, you know, our pH balance and all of these things you talked about, yeast infection or bacteria infection, that can happen with a vibrator, that can happen with sex, it can happen with your hormones, it can happen with your period, it can happen with, you know, if it's too hot outside. Yeah. So, so we don't want to complicate it with these other things. I, I, I'm learning a lot today. So thank you. I had no idea. And then what is, what is an unsafe sex toy? Like the, the wood and the, and and like the, and, and the, I guess the, plastic material that's porous that would absorb your body fluids or you know rub off inside of you I don't know the correct terminology yeah and you know I think I actually said plastic that's porous which is a really weird like does that actually exist um and there are so like there's porous rubbers that like absorb and like develop condensation like that happens um the wood's not great and then also if you're into if you're into toys that are on the farmer side like they have like benoit balls and they've got those like fun little bullets that vibrate Mm -hmm. yes so when you're buying vibrators we're on the firmer side of toys make sure that you actually don't get a vibrator that has like seams that are obvious or like something that's super cheap i um this is great. I have a little share. One of my very first, um, one of my very first sex toys, <laughs> I went to one of those like CD, like, you know, adult bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, Nika. And like, and so I'm looking around and of course, like I, I'm probably 18 at this point, I've got $10 in my pocket and I find this bullet situation for like $7.99 and I'm like, awesome. It was in the clearance bin. I was all happy about it. Going to totally go home and have a good time. And um, I I don't know, I maybe used that toy for like a week or two before the, the bullet itself, it had this seam line right across the middle of it. 
And while I'm using it, it actually cracked in half inside of me. And I'm like, this has to stop. Not only did it crack, but it's also still vibrating. So like now we've got wires. <laughs> what did you do? I, I like freaked. I turned it off because thank God it had an outside remote. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being so candid and sharing <laughs> and making me laugh a lot today. Yeah. You <laughs> needed some levity, right? Every now and then we're going to bring you some like spice of life. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so you turn it off pull it out by its string. <laughs> and then I had to toss it, of course. I'm like, what am I, like, this is, th this is, um, it was such a shock to, to even have the experience that I was like, I don't know if I should have any bullets. Like, this doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. Um, and what I love is that recently in inside of the industry, they've started making toys that are coated in silicone. So now I can actually go out and buy a bullet that's firm, it's coated in rubber. It actually like, it, if anything should happen, all of the pieces are still contained, which is hugely important. Um, another thing, go ahead. Yeah, it's huge for vaginal safety. Thank you. Can we just say that out loud? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, whoever thought that up. Um, one of the other things that I tell people, um, this is so great. I'm like, I use condoms more than I use men. Like I put condoms on all my toys. <laughs> it's, so, it's so important. It's like, if you've got a toy that you love, you want to keep it around, you want to use it, put a condom on it. Put a condom on it to protect yourself from whatever is going on inside of that toy. I know it was heartbreaking for me to let go of one of my toys. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And also it wouldn't be right for me to keep it. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. That is um, eye opening and vagina opening. Can we say that? <laughs> yes. Can we say that? <laughs> we can say that. And then let let me ask you like about sex toy intimidation. Yeah. What is yeah. No, so this is really great. That was, um, was a little note that I made, but you had actually made the comment that a lot of men are intimidated by sex toys. Um, and I, I agree. And I think it's not just men, but people in general, you know, being a part of the LGBTQ community, I've come across women that I've dated who have similar issues and it's okay. Um, like if you don't want something used on you, that's fine. That's consent, like don't get into it. Um, and at the same time, the entire context of like not feeling good enough or not like, like not, not living up to an inanimate object, let that go. Just well, I think that, I think that's the key point right there. So, I mean, if you want to give your partner pleasure and that's what they want and you don't feel secure enough to do that then that's going to be an issue. I think there's a lot of insecurities, especially with men, because they're like, um, excuse me, you didn't do that with me, or you didn't make that noise with me, or you didn't, you know, and that's not it. You're, you're both like enjoying the moment. 
So. Yeah. I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, this is great. We actually have a question in from the audience, which is awesome. It says, uh, can you talk more about consent when it comes to toy play? Yes. So consent, uh, first off, consent is, it's an agreement. You know, it's like, what are you gonna do? Are you going, are you going to play in this way? What do you like? What are your hard no's and your boundaries? And for some people, toy play can absolutely be something that they're not into. Um, I know in the realm of like dating women, a lot of women don't want any penetration. It's not what they're interested in. And mm -hmm. talking to your partner and knowing what, you know, what they like, what they're interested in is, uh, is a huge asset to the relationship and to the enjoyment of pleasure. Um, it's also important to know when it comes to consent, when it comes to toy play, like I had a partner who did not want to use toys on me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> did, you, did you say we're breaking up right now? Like <laughs> I maybe could have <laughs> like a month later, like it was. Well, <laughs> well Mika, I, I think the bottom line here is communication. Yeah. It's just communication and what you feel comfortable with. Absolutely. Consent is communication. Consent's a conversation. And mm -hmm. there's um 100% unless you can communicate about what you like and find agreement around it, you shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't be doing it with that person, you know, like until you find someone who does have agreement around that. Um, you know, like this partner of mine, she was a great lover. It was really awesome. And that wasn't something she was interested in. And it was something that I was interested in, you know, as a person who dates both men and women, um, sex and relationships are not, necessarily the same thing. I loved her and I also enjoy penetration. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so having more communication around that and, and always being in communication. Um, one of the things is that people also think that consent is something that happens once. So like, if you agree to this now, then like, it's something that you like. Consent changes moment to moment. So it might be great today. It might not be great tomorrow. Um, and just really allowing that to, allowing that to be what it is moment by moment without the pressure and without any make wrong. Yeah, I agree. Do you have anything else you want to put in on that question? No, I agree with you. Totally. Yeah. yeah consent is communication. It can change. You might like it that one time and then you're like, nope, not for me. <laughs> so you have to, or you might say, hey, let's do it again. Let's do it again. You know, so it, so it's different. Yeah. Um, do you want to, Nika, do you want to talk about the history of sex toys? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, so sex, about toys, that. sex toys have been around since the dawn of time, first off. <laughs> I have a theory personally. I, I, um, 
I have a degree in fine art and there's this little sculpture, it's the Venus of Willendorf and she's like this big, large breasted woman with like no face and a giant butt and hips and thighs, it's a little fertility symbol. And mm -hmm. I did some research on it and they were like, yes, these were found strewn across the battlefields of ye olden days. And I was like, the battlefields, really? I was like, that was not a fertility effigy. That was like, that was ancient porn. Like you just hold her, just hold her in your hand <laughs> and work out your issues. <laughs> yes. Um, so that that's going way, way, way back. But um, I went to this wonderful place in San Francisco. It's the Antique Vibrator Museum. And they actually talk about uh, the sex toys going back over a, probably over a hundred years at this point. And there were so many different types of vibrators in the beginning. I mean, you could see them as, as early as the turn of last century um, and companies would release them. Companies like Remington, um, a lot of the like health and, and beauty aid places and they would be very covert little tools. You know, you could use it for sex pleasure or you could use it to massage your face. Yeah. <laughs> Or massage your fat on your legs. There you <laughs> go. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or the fat in all the other places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I highly recommend definitely, uh, especially when we're outside of the pandemic, um, going to places like that and actually like learning some of the history. Uh, there are so many different type of mostly machining companies that created vibrators. In, in Hitachi, Hitachi was supposed to be a back massager for the record. Like, and they are just booming in business right now because they massage a lot of backs. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. It's so interesting though. The history is just so interesting. And then you and I talked about before, I know in the early 1900s, um, the women who were having really bad PMS and just it was quote unquote hysteria mm -hmm. they would go to their doctor and the doctor would give them an orgasm to relieve their stress yes so that's another thing that was happening oh yeah right Mika? Oh, <laughs> and, and that's what I'm like as early as last century like they had little machines that the doctors would put on their hands to have to help the doctors because the doctors are working hours on in because really the women aren't getting it at home and that's that's the huge thing that has shifted I mean I look back and I think about the conversations around hysteria um I know there was a great uh great film that came out a few years back and it makes me wonder, um, ultimately, like, this practice would not be considered legal today. And if there was more languaging, more conversation, and more ability to communicate with our partners and respect for women's sexual health and sexual rights, that's an industry that probably would not have had to exist. I mean, I'm grateful because it existed and now we've got tons of adult toys and novelties and things in which to play with which to play with <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it um you know I'm, I'm not gonna lie you guys it kind of gives me the skeevies I'm like I could not go to my doctor 
after he just touched 30 other women. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like this was- No, but you know what, Mika? The other women were like calling and going, oh my God, you've got to go to my doctor. They're wonderful. (laughs) You've got to go. And then it was like, they were just probably lining up. (laughs) You got to go, girl. Just just go. (laughs) You know, I, I just, I mean, we're almost at the end right now, but I just want women to be sexually free. Mm-hmm. I want them to express what they want, what they don't want. It is okay. And we need to have like um, a level playing field when it comes to sexuality and what we're doing. And men have been doing whatever they want for, you know, the beginning of time. Women have a lot of power. They have a lot of control and we can do that too. And it's okay. And if people are going to judge you or think whatever, who cares? Who gives a shit? Right? Absolutely. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, just, just, I, I want, you know, sexual freedom. Let's burn our bras and Let's do some stuff like that, <laughs> like in the sixties and the seventies. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Thank you for putting that in. Um, the other, and you, what that reminds me of that we have to say, I mean, if we're talking about sex toys, we, we absolutely have to talk about how important the orgasm is like, oh, I can talk about that all night. Well, go, you go first. <laughs> Well, okay, so I just want to help every woman achieve orgasms, whether it's vaginal or clitoral, because there's two different stimulations. Um, but I think I think a lot of women are afraid to communicate with their partner, depending on what their relationship is. And if they're not achieving orgasm they don't want them to feel like get their ego hurt or feel like something's wrong but I'm telling you it depends on (laughs) I see stuff popping up on the screen it depends on the woman so when the when the woman is really in tune with her body she can orgasm with anybody that's real. Yes. And, and the thing, um, the thing you said that I love is not being able to communicate with your partner, but also it's about being able to communicate with yourself. Like, like women, like learn and know your body. Like if you don't masturbate, masturbate, like just try it. Exactly. And Nika, that's what I love about you is that you're bringing this conversation to the table And so when women discover how their body works, like, so, you know, when we look at porn, like porn is made by men for men. So whoever my partner is, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you what I like and what gets me off. And this is how I like it. So that's, so we need that communication And if the orgasm doesn't happen, it's fine. It'll happen the next time or the next time. 
just keep doing it. And also look for other ways to stimulate, like really look for other ways to stimulate. I do have to put in that like porn is made by big industry as clickbait. Like yeah. not even men all the time coming up with the psychological twists that happen in porn. It's like, what got the most views? Let's do more of that. And if it's like butt naked donkey whipping, they're gonna do that. <laughs> like, and who who's really signing up? Like, yeah, no, yeah, it's so weird. And really, uh, really getting into the spaces about knowing your body, learning your body, and and not just relying on penetration. You know, it's like penetration is not the end all be all of sex. I actually share, um, so this is, this is a fun fact. So the nerve endings that are in your genitals actually start in your armpit. That whole nerve chain, it goes through the nipples, down both sides and right into the epicenter of your body. And if you think that like, the pinnacle of enjoyment for sex starts at penetration, you're not gonna get very far. There's not space, especially when it comes to women and arousal and getting involved and engaged in the body. There's not space for you to really, really be aroused enough to have an orgasm. So that's why I say- Right, and I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Everything is all connected. And we have 8,000 nerve endings in our clit. We have more nerve endings in our clitoris, I'm just going to say it correctly, than the male has in the tip of his penis. So, um, but it's all about being comfortable with your body, being comfortable with who you are, being comfortable with your partner and communication. Yeah. And if you don't have that, it's not going to happen. And then there, you know, we have the clitoral stimulation. We've got a G spot in the vagina and everyone has a G spot in their anus trying to be correct. So, I mean, there's those things and everything is connected. Like from here down, like you said, I love that you said that because a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. That was one of my like favorite things to discover. And I mean, the body, you know, <laughs> the entire epidermis is covered in nerves and sensations. Um, gosh, oh, this reminds me, we're gonna take a few more minutes because I realized I didn't talk about lube. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about lube. So let's talk about lube, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I bring this up is because you talked about like, you know, like the whole like anal pleasure. And I think about men and like prostate stimulation and how incredible that can be for men. I mean, I'm a little jealous, but, um, <laughs> but uh, when it comes to say sex toys and like knowing how to utilize your toys, you also want to make sure you're using the right kind of lubricant for the toy that you're using. So I mentioned medical grade silicone toys. If you're using a silicone toy, you want to use water-based lubricant. If you're using a, if you're using a, a any other kind of toy, you can um, you can use your fancier like silicone lubricants, um, mixed base lubricants. But but um, the thing about a medical grade silicone toy is when you put silicone lubricant on it, it actually starts to dissolve. 
it'll like kind of melt a little bit and get sticky. And not what you want. It like takes it back to its liquid form. So know your lubricants as well as knowing your toys and avoid if you can at all costs, putting anything that's flavored inside of your body, like fructose, the sugars, um, all that other stuff, like that'll also get in your body and cause an imbalance of pH. So you want to be mindful, like, sure, you know, lick the strawberry lube off the nipple, but don't use it to coat the condom or the toy. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> to help you. I want my pH balanced. <laughs> um, and then in terms of like uh, best lubricants for anal use, silicone-based lube. It doesn't dry out. It doesn't get tacky. So because the anus does not produce any of its own fluids, then that's something that'll keep you safe. It'll prevent fissures and tears and a number of other things. So you want to make sure that your lubricants and your toys are both designed for the best, most pleasurable experience possible. That's good to know. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, anal juice. That's good. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Um, did we have any other notes for this conversation kicking off our month of March? Not right now. I think we covered everything. Beautiful. Um, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for being here and the listening and continuing this powerful conversation with us. Kim, thank you for being on and, and holding down your side. Love you all. And we will see you next time on the ITCAST. Um, oh, and of course, before I go, please go contribute to our GoFundMe page under the ITCAST. Uh, and you can find more about our work on Patreon as Nika Shirelles. And uh, also go to our website, nikasherelles.com. That's N-I-K-A-C-H-E-R-R-E-L-L-E-S.com. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Namaste.